Stories with unexpected twists and turns seem to be all the rage these days. But what about a story where even the writers don't know what's coming? Welcome back to The Story Symphony, the collaborative fiction podcast where each chapter of the story is written by an entirely different person. You, the listener, won't have any idea what to expect next. And neither will we, the writers. So strap in and let's see where The Story Symphony will take us this time around. This is Chapter 2 of Season 2, Hash Browns, by Claire Sullivan. And here we go. Damn it, Dane hung up on me. The time on my phone read 1.30am. Dane said Larry's dead. Was he just fooling around? Oh god, I should probably go over there. It wouldn't be the first time. When we were kids, Larry used to pretend to die or be horribly hurt in all sorts of ways. Maybe I should call an ambulance anyway, just in case he's actually hurt. But whose house were they at? It couldn't have been some sort of April Fool's because we were in the middle of October. Although it was unseasonably warm. Global warming, I guess. tried to quietly tiptoe into the kitchen to not wake Ellie up. But her door was open and I couldn't hear anything from her room anyway. Ellie's my oldest friend in the world. She works at a place that could be best described as a dive bar, so I guess that's where she was. On the shelf above the kettle and toaster was Ellie's stylish lime green reusable coffee cup. It was her pride and joy and she always told everyone all about it, while simultaneously lecturing them about not doing more about climate change. Which was a bit ironic because she literally never used it, because she would always forget to bring it with her. But it's the thought that counts, right? Time to finally make use of the cup, I guess. Can't go anywhere in this state, I'll be a walking zombie without any kind of caffeine. This coffee will get the synapses blasting. As I went to grab my car keys from the Princess Diana plate that sits on top of the sideboard next to the front door, I saw that Ellie's keys were there. That was very strange because she was definitely not in her room. The door was open. At this time of night, if she was at home, her door would be shut. Ellie? You home? There were dark shadows on the ground. It seemed wrong somehow. In the moment immediately after I switched the light on, my brain registered several things. The light switch felt wet. The shadows on the ground were not shadows, but dark, wet, red pools. And... (gasps) What? Ellie was on the ground. But it wasn't the Ellie I knew. Her eyes were completely milky. Her head was severed from her neck. She was covered in the wet, red stuff. What was that stuff? Why was Ellie on the ground? Blood. She was covered in blood. That was blood. It felt like it took my brain a whole minute to catch up to my eyes. No, 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 no. This is not happening. I saw one of the knives from the kitchen was in her hand. 
It was this special extra sharp one that her dad had given her for her 21st birthday. We never washed it in soap, and she treated it with a kind of religious-like reverence. Why were her eyes milky? I saw that she was sweaty too. Not like normal sweaty, or even like movie just went for a run sweaty. Like there were wet patches on the carpet beneath her armpits. Her forehead looked like it was glistening with Vaseline or something. I stumbled back and looked at my hand that touched the light. Oh, there was blood on my fingertips. Her blood. I wiped it on my legs. How did this happen? Why would she saw her own head off with her favourite kitchen knife? What's wrong with her eyes? What if she was murdered and the murderer was still in the house? I was on autopilot. I felt like my body was working without me and I was sitting passively in the passenger seat next to my body. I was watching myself and I could see that I was crying. I was going into shock. I should call the police. I reached to the back beneath my seat and grabbed my bag. My wallet was in there, the coffee cup brew, and my half-drunk bottle of water, but but my phone wasn't. I remembered I put my phone down when I was putting on my clothes. My phone was back in the apartment where Ellie was, where her almost decapitated body was. <laughs> Help! Help me! I heard someone screaming and jumped in my seat. I looked up to the park and I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. Anna, please! No, please! I saw you eat her. Our daughter. I watched you eat her. And now I'll eat you! <gasps> I grabbed my mouth to stop myself screaming. I watched as the Anna woman bit into the <gasps> other woman. She bit into her chest and her arms ripping her chunks of flesh. The sound of the car turning on made Anna look up at me. Suddenly she was leaving her half-eaten partner and was running toward me. Her face was covered in blood and her teeth were dark. I drove away as fast as I could, almost hitting another car. The other car stopped in the middle of the road and beeped at me. I looked in the rearview mirror and saw the Anna woman open the door of the other car and pull the driver out. What the fuck was happening tonight? I had to see if Larry was okay. I sped through several red lights until I was outside Dane's house. I'd been there a few times in the past to pick Larry up. They were childhood friends. Dane was standing in his doorway. The light was on. The garage door was open. There was a body on the ground with recently bleached hair that was eerily similar to Larry's. There were stains of red in the hair. Larry! Larry! Dane, what's going on? Dane jumped as though it surprised him. He looked up at me. I just witnessed the most fucked up thing, Dane. And that body, that body looks like Larry's. Dane walked over to me, looking surprisingly calm. Hello, Callie. When he was about a foot away from the car, the streetlight finally illuminated his face. And that's when I noticed it. His eyes. They were like Ellie's, but 
not completely. Like, they were covered by sunny day clouds, not dark grey swirly rain clouds, but they were milky nonetheless. Get out of the car, Kelly, and I'll show you Larry. He's just inside. That's him. That's him right there. He's on the ground. Larry! Larry lay motionless where he was. He was dead. I grabbed the winder from my car window and tried to wind the window up, but Dane shot his arm right out and his fingers got caught in the window. Ah! Oh, my fingers! You little rat! I sped off. I saw that Dane was trying to chase after me, but I was driving too fast for him, and I lost him pretty quickly. Fuck, 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 fuck! What the fresh hell was this? What the fuck was going on? I needed to be safe. Ellie's head was almost not attached to her body. I saw that. It was real. I saw that woman attack the other woman. She was biting into her and then she pulled that guy out of his car. Dane's eyes were weird just like Ellie's and he was standing over my brother's dead body. But what do I do next? Where do I go? It was a hot night and most people were asleep. Their windows were open to try and let in what little breeze there was. Was all this violence connected? It must be. Occam's razor. The simplest answer is usually the right answer. I'd learnt about that from when I binged that old TV show House starring Hugh Laurie as a grumpy yet genius doctor. I binged it only last year. It was soon after I started dating my ex, Alan. I'd gotten a really bad flu and had to stay home for two weeks. Alan was an emergency room nurse, and so the only thing I could bear watching in my fluey brain fog was a medical-based drama. The flu was so bad, I remember hallucinating weirdly horrible stuff. It was probably one of those new strains of COVID that they gave up naming after they ran out of letters in the Greek alphabet. I hadn't spoken to Ellen in months. Not since our weird attempt to get back together, when we just ended up having sex on his couch and got interrupted by his work calling him. It was the reason why we broke up in the first place. He was seemingly always on call and never took days off, so he was just impossible to date. I would never have broken up with him otherwise. Thinking about him, I ended up driving to his house. I'd always felt safe there, so he might be able to help. There was only one good parking spot, which was still two blocks from his house. It was a kind of secret spot in that it definitely didn't look like anyone could park there, but people definitely did. When I got out of the car, I stepped in a puddle which splashed up my legs. Ignoring the splash, I shut the door and locked it and started running up the alleyway. That was when I realised that there was red splatter on my legs. I stopped and looked around. The puddle was dark, really dark, and it hadn't been raining recently. It was one of the driest Octobers on record. I walked back to check the puddle. It was definitely not water. I followed where it was coming from, and there, 
lying on the ground at the end of the alleyway only about two feet away from my car's nose was a dead body. Its face had been ripped off and so had its hands. I bit my cheek to stop myself from screaming. I walked back slowly and then spun around and ran up the alleyway, around the corner and down the street. Alan! Alan! Kelly, is that you? I heard him thump up the hallway and he opened the door. His face looked shocked when he saw me. Are you okay? You look all pale. Show me your eyes. I need to see them. I touched his cheeks so he'd come closer. He looked so confused. But his eyes were the same big, beautiful brown eyes I had once loved gazing into. Oh my god. What's going on? Everyone's gone crazy. It's like they're all turning into killers or something. My housemate, Ellie, it looks like she cut her own head off and I think Dane murdered Larry. And I saw a woman eating another woman. What? How have you not been called into work? I'm meant to be going to the coast for the week tomorrow. I mean, today, in a few hours. Oh, who with? No one you know. Alan looked shifty. Like he was trying to hide something. Alan? Is someone here? Who's that? I was going to tell you. I walked past Alan to his bedroom. The door was open. There was a shape of a body in the bed. It moved around and sat up. It was a very pretty woman with thick, shiny, dark hair. Who are you? I'm Ashley. Who are you? Ash, um, this is Callie. Callie? As in your ex, Callie? Um, hi. Alan, we only broke up like a few months ago. Callie, it's not what it looks like. Ashley and I work together. It looks like you're sleeping with her and about to go on a week-long trip to the coast tomorrow. Well... You got it in one. Well, we're meant to be getting up in a few hours anyway. I'm going to get some breakfast and you two can catch up. Ashley slid out of bed. She was completely naked and looked like a goddamn supermodel. I walked out of the bedroom and sat at the table in the kitchen. How did you get time off work? With me, you never could. I, uh... I convinced him. Ashley walked out fully dressed in tiny running shorts and a singlet. No bra. I could tell it was the worst. Well, I'm going to dash to Macca's. Any requests? Be safe. There are people killing each other out there. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm an emergency nurse. I can do anything. I'll get a ton of hash rounds, okay? Alan walked over and sat opposite me at the table. Kelly, I'm sorry. God, I'm such a loser. We're broken up. You, you shouldn't be sorry. Why am I sad about this when... My brother has been murdered. By Dane, probably. And Ellie's head isn't even attached to her body. Okay, yeah, about that. Uh, what? There are people hurting people everywhere. I don't know why. Something's happened and they're all going crazy. Right, yeah. If there are as many people hurting other people as you say, then surely work will be overrun right now. Look, I'll call a colleague, I'll see what they say. 
Alan got out of his seat and pulled his phone from his pocket. I stood up and looked out the window above the sink. Under a street lamp from up the road, I could see Ashley walking back, two big brown bags in her hand. I turned back and Alan was finishing the conversation. Yeah, right. Thanks, Joe. Nothing. Just another standard night at the ER. No one eaten or murdered. Well, <laughs> no more than usual. The door opened and Ashley walked in. She was sweaty from the walk. Oh God, I got a bit carried away and ordered like 20 hash browns. I just had this intense craving all of a sudden. Ashley put the paper bags on the table and began pulling out countless little golden, perfect, crispy hash browns. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what came over me. I was waiting in line behind this super sweaty guy, like so sweaty. And I suddenly was just craving a million hash browns, like no McMuffins or cheeseburgers or anything. Just hash browns. It was weird because when I was leaving, like, so many more people were arriving. Like, heaps of people. Ashley seemed to sway on the spot and then she sat down. I picked up a hash brown. Thanks for getting all this. Yeah, any time. Oh, I feel faint. Babe, just go lay back in bed for a bit. It's, it's a hot night. Babe? Oh, God, when we were dating, he never called me that. This was beyond infuriating. Ashley picked up a hash brown and seemed to swallow it whole, completely down her gullet like a pelican or something. She really was sweating heaps. Her forehead was so beady and she looked horribly clammy. She started shivering and then she started blinking rapidly. Yeah, I do feel pretty terrible actually. Maybe I'll just go lay down. I'll feel better by sunrise. Ashley then swallowed another hash brown in the same way like a bird or something, not even chewing, and then staggered toward the bedroom. Stay here, Callie. I'll just go tuck her in. Ashley looked worse than I did when I was sick with the flu last year. I remember when I was sick that I saw horrible things. Like, afterwards, when I got better, I knew that what I had seen were only hallucinations from the flu. But they were awful. Like, nightmarish stuff. I don't specifically remember what they were. Alan knew because I would tell him what I was seeing. But he's refused to describe what I was seeing. He did say my descriptions almost made him vomit, though. I'd never had the flu that bad before. Although, to be honest, the last time I had the flu was as a kid and I don't remember anything about it. Oh. Uh. Suddenly, there were moans coming from his bedroom. Oh, for fuck's sake. Could you please at least wait until I've gone? Ellen ran out. It's Ashley. I don't know what's going on with her. Please. I stood up and quickly walked to the entrance of his bedroom. Uh. I could see Ashley. Uh. She was moaning and crying. Ash! Ashley, are you okay? I saw what you did. What I did? What are you talking about? Alan walked into the room slowly. I saw what you did. I switched the light on. There were clumps of hair in her hands. She'd pulled out her own hair. And you. I saw you do it too. You ripped out the throat of my dear puppy Woofer. You killed my poor Woofer. What? You don't even have a dog. You ripped out my poor Woofer's throat, so I'm going to rip out yours. Ashley lunged at us. Callie, run. 
I ran across the kitchen down the hall and out the front door, with Alan right behind me and Ashley right behind him. I ran out onto the street. Alan, my car. We can get in my car. It's in the spot. Okay, I'll lead her away. You take the shortcut. I'll meet you there. My heart was thumping. I ran up the street and then knocked through the old fence paling of an abandoned house. As I pushed through the fence, I looked back behind me and saw Alan and Ashley tussling on the street. I looked ahead and ran into the long grass. Hello, Callie. I'm so glad you're finally here. What the fuck? Who are you? A figure stepped out from the shadows. You don't recognise me? Oh my god! Today's chapter was written by Claire Sullivan, a writer, editor, award-winning comedian and podcaster. Claire was a regular writer for Vice, the winner of Best Comedy at the 2020 Fringe at the End of the World Festival in Hobart, and was nominated for the Golden Gibbo at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in 2021. Claire loves a good pub, and you can find her on Instagram and Twitter at ClaireCoolCat, with cool and cat both spelt with a K, so you know she really is a cool cat. So who knows what's going to happen next? Well, we certainly don't, but I'm just as excited as you are to see where the next writer will take us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Story Symphony to stay up to date with all the latest news and goss, and to let us know what you think about the story so far. Callie was voiced by Carly Williams. You can stay up to date with all the great work she does by following her on Instagram at Carly, that's K-A-H-L-I, Dot Williams, or visiting her website at carlywilliams.com. Alan was voiced by comedian, actor, and director Jimmy James Eaton, who you can find on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jimmy James Eaton. Dane was voiced by actor, comedian, and podcaster Angus Brown, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram at Gus Gus Brown or on Facebook at Angus Brown Comedy. To avoid spoilers, I won't name that mysterious woman that you heard at the end there, <laughs> but she was voiced by actor, writer and presenter Maddie Tyres, who you can find on Instagram and Twitter at Maddie Tyres. And as always, thank you to Leanne Miyako, the talented individual who created the artwork for this podcast. Until next time.